It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 Hello, Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. I am Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential. I will be joined today by Vince Semperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends, although I won't actually be joined by him. We're doing a split episode, but we're going to experiment with something new. Uh, We're doing a mailbag episode, and uh, we are each going to answer five questions, and we're going to splice them in alternatingly, so it'll sound like a back and forth because... Vince will answer a question, then I'll answer a question and stuff, but just be aware that uh, we haven't heard each other's answers, so if we repeat each other or whatever, you know, don't blame us. We just thought it might be a little more fun to do it this way than to just have one of us talk for a while and then the other one talk for a while. So we're experimenting and hopefully it'll go well. Uh, That's the plan for today. Most of the questions are about Mookie Betts, uh, and so we, we got... We got a lot of non-Mookie Betts questions too, but we got enough different Betts questions that this will be mostly a Betts-centric episode. Not entirely, but mostly. And then we're we're saving some of the other questions. We're going to do another mailbag episode probably on Monday. So if you have any other questions you want to send in over the weekend, feel free to do so. Uh, So that's the plan for today. But first, I want to remind you, please subscribe to Locked On Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. Okay, the next voice you hear will be Vince reading a question. Yo, guys, it's Vince, and I'm here to answer the first question. Um, This one was more of an overarching question from a handful of people at Joan Holt, at Keat underscore the underscore tweet, at Martin Brito 1983 at St. Jimmy 114, and at Meg Solution. With the suggestion from Augie underscore Encinas, the overarching question is a trade package for Mookie Betts. Augie suggested Jock Caber and Mitchell White, and then at Joan Holt asked how we'd feel Verdugo was part of the trade. So I'll try to quickly go through this. Uh, a Jock Caber and Mitchell White is a good starting point for a Mookie Betts trade. I'm not sure that's enough to get Mookie Betts. Um, you know, we know the Red Sox are probably trying going to try to get under that luxury tax. Um, you know, I think a Jock Cabert, Mitchell White could get Mookie Betts if David Price was part of it uh, because then they'd be willing to take back Jock's salary for the one year and get under that luxury tax. I don't know if it's enough without that. And, you know, I've the feeling, the sentiment is that Alex Verdugo will be the one going in to the Red Sox in a trade for, for Mookie Betts. And I think a Verdugo and two others uh, could get it done. Or, you know, even Verdugo and Mitchell White and maybe someone a little bit lower tier, maybe a, a high flyer guy. Um, so, I, you know, I do think that Verdugo would have to go. 
and how I feel about it is it would suck to see Verdugo. He was fun. He was good last year. He was, uh, you know, could have been a difference maker in, in October. Who knows? But to go get a guy like Mookie Betts, I'm not going to lose sleep over trading Alex Verdugo. Um, obviously, it would help if the Dodgers signed Mookie Betts long term and or won the World Series. That would help ease the pain a little bit. But even if it's just one year, go at it with Mookie Betts. Um, you know, it would suck to see Verdugo go, but it's not going to jeopardize the Dodgers' future. And I don't think there's any deal the Dodgers would offer that would jeopardize their future. So, I, you know, I'm fine with them. If they, go, if they trade for Mookie Betts, I don't think it will be an overpay. As we know, Friedman doesn't overpay. And, you know, it's not gonna, it, It's just not in their, their MO to do that. So, um, yeah, something with Verdugo is definitely a part of the package. Um, and Jock is probably part of the package or part of another trade after they traded for him. So we'll see what happens. Tom Goblersh at Chevy R6 asks, are we getting played on the bets rumors? Are the Padres in the lead? A similar question was also asked by at Martin Brito, 1983. So uh, the Dodgers and Padres have been the two teams most connected to bets in recent rumors. Um, And it kind of keeps going back and forth. Most of the big name reporters seem to think the Dodgers are most likely. Uh, Maybe that has some people pessimistic, not wanting to get their hopes up. Um, you know, and it seems like either, uh, the Red Sox are using the Dodgers to drive up the price for the Padres, or they're using the Padres to drive up the price for the Dodgers. You know, I do think though, that the most, uh, the most likely scenario is actually option C, which is that it's actually a bidding war and the Red Sox are open to trading them to either, either team. Uh, and when it comes down to that, I just, it's hard for me to see the Dodgers getting outbid by the Padres in this situation. Um, Stan Kasten has said the Dodgers are willing to go over the luxury tax limit. So the money's not an issue. Um, it just comes down to what they can do. The Padres do seem to be less financially able to take on bets and, or David price. Um, but the Dodgers financially could do whatever they want. They have farm system that can basically match the Padres as far as prospects go, but you know, they also have the financial muscle to uh, take on more contract and give up less prospect in return. So I, I really do think it's going to be, uh, I think it's legit that uh, the Dodgers are in the lead. And I think as of right now, unless things fall apart, I think Dodgers are likely to get Mookie Betts. All right, let's do the next question real quick. Um, a question from Brandon Johnson at Brandon John 442. He asks, if the Dodgers do acquire bets, how are they going to handle the glut of outfielders? And, you know, right away my idea is trade. I do think that Jock Peterson would likely be on the way out, if not in the Mookie Betts deal, then in another deal, uh, mainly because he provides the least versatility. I mean, he's the most valuable piece that has the least versatility. He can really only play the outfield. They tried him at first base last year, and we all know how that went. And A.J. Pollock will be a little harder to move because he has more money and more years on his deal, and he just wasn't uh, that good last year and has struggled to stay healthy in his career. So, you know, I definitely think Jock gets moved for sure. I would imagine that Verdugo gets moved in the Mookie Betts trade. So that takes out two outfielders right there. You got Mookie Betts and you got Cody Bellinger. And then you got Taylor, Kike, Pollock, 
whoever else in left field. So uh, I think trades would be coming if those guys weren't already involved in the initial trade to get Mookie Betts. All right, before we go on to more questions, let's talk about Arizona real quick. Arizona is a great place to be in the spring. There's baseball, there's Dodgers, there's great weather. And Arizona has a thriving nightlife and eatery life and whatever else you need life. And it's fun to be at. I've been to spring training last year. I went to spring training uh, years before, and it's always a good time. And I highly recommend it. Camelback Ranch is beautiful. Uh, You can go watch the Dodgers practice in the morning on the backfields and warm up and be close to the players, maybe get some autographs. And then you can go to the game and watch them at Camelback and then uh, enjoy the game and then go out and get some food or get some drinks uh, and enjoy the rest of what Arizona has to offer. So you want to start planning a trip right now. Go to visitarizona.com slash spring training and it gives you everything you need. And stay locked on Dodgers. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Dodgers is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Dodgers fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Dodgers fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, that's advertising to 33777 or visit lockdownpodcast.com slash advertising we look forward to hearing from you joe holt at joe n holt asks where should mookie Betts hit in the lineup and why uh, that's an interesting question you know all this obviously assumes that Betts ends up on the dodgers um but Betts, he's one of those guys who you really can't go wrong with him anywhere in the lineup um for me, it's got to be either leadoff or second. Um, he's such a good hitter. Uh, you know, it, he's got to be one or two, I think. And in his career, the vast majority of his plate appearances have come in the leadoff spot. He has 3,629 career plate appearances and uh, 2,650 of them have come from the leadoff spot. Uh, his second most is second with 370. So he has uh, about 2,300 more uh, plate appearances batting leadoff than any other position uh, in that spot. He's been very good. Of course, in pretty much every spot, he's been very good. Uh, the only spot in the lineup he's really been bad at was batting sixth, uh, but that's a total of nine plate appearances. So that is the definition of a small sample size. Uh, basically, anywhere that he's batted at least 50, 50 plate appearances, uh, he has an OPS of at least 850. So, or 820, I guess, is his lowest. Uh, so, you know, you can't go wrong anywhere with Mookie Betts. I think I'd go with him at leadoff um, when he's at his best, which is most of the time. He is an on-base machine. He has a lot of speed. He's a good base stealer, very efficient, uh, steals base in his career. His stolen base percentage is about 80, a little over 83%. Um, you know, last year he only stole 16 bases, but he also only got caught three times. Year before that, 30 stolen bases, caught six times. So, I mean, he's just 
a good base stealer, very efficient. And so if you value that at the top of the lineup, he's good. Getting on base, obviously he's good. Um, and the Dodgers don't have a true leadoff hitter uh, as far as like a real speedster on base machine. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think uh, I think bets at leadoff is the spot that makes the most sense. All right, next question is from Dodgers fan 17 at Dodgers fan 171. If the Dodgers do trade for Mookie Betts and don't have to give up too much prospect-wise, do you see the Dodgers going all-in and making a move for Lindor or Arenado as well to put this team over the top? Now, this is something that I personally would love for them to do. We kind of know that Mookie Betts isn't going to cost too much prospect-wise, at least not, you know, Lexa May off the table. Uh, they might get one of the next one to two of the next top five after that. Uh, but then after that, it, I don't think that'll they'll have to give up much more than that uh, with Verdugo being potentially one of those guys, as I've mentioned. So I would love for them to do this and then go after Francisco Lindor, but I don't see that happening. And then Arenado, I don't see that happening either just because of the fact that they would have to give up a little bit more, you would imagine, trading in the division. But I like I've said this before, I think the Dodgers are at the point where they have a lot of young guys that are up and ready to go and they have pitching and they have hitting and, you know, getting Mookie Betts and or Lindor Arenado is not going to guarantee a World Series, but it gives you a best chance to do so probably, at least for 2020 um, with Lindor and Arenado. Arenado, you obviously get him a little bit longer deal. Lindor, you get him for two years and maybe sign another deal. But I don't know if the Dodgers would be able to afford Betts and Lindor Arenado and then pay Bellinger and Bueller and, and anyone else that, you know, once their time comes to get paid. So I don't think they do it for that reason, but I would not be mad at all if they did something like that, specifically for Francisco Lindor. Uh, Arenado is good as well, but I want Frankie Lindor. So, yeah. Okay, at Parades on Fig Street 9 asks, and I'll have to embellish this question a little. The question is, bets? Price? Can't wait. Uh, it's actually two questions in a statement, uh, but I'm going to use this to kind of branch into a discussion of David Price. Um, as we've talked about in the past, the, uh, the, the Dodgers are in a position financially to take on David Price if it helps them to get Mookie Betts. Uh, we've also talked in the past how it actually might be just a good move for them to get David Price because he can eat innings, help the young guys come along a little bit slower uh, with their potential innings, innings limits, man, Gonsolin. Um, you know, of course, if the Dodgers did get bets, there's a chance it sounds like maybe Gonsolin might be going to Boston in the trade, uh, which would be a bummer, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, um but when it comes to, to David Price, I feel like that, you know, what we've talked about in the past that it might actually be a good thing is lessened a little bit since they re-signed Alex Wood because he can hopefully fill that role of, of being that, you know, solid three or four starter who can need a lot of innings. But Wood is coming off, coming off an injury. Um, he has a little bit of injury history. He has a delivery that maybe makes him makes you worry about his injury risk anyway. 
uh, kind of that Chris Sale mold. You know, Chris Sale spent the first six years of his career with everybody predicting his arm was going to fall off tomorrow. Um, so, you know, I don't know if you want to count on Alex Wood to be that 200-inning guy or even 160-inning guy. Uh, and so I still feel like David Price, you know, might be that innings eater as a starter. He also might be a guy who they could fix and turn into a pretty awesome reliever. Uh, if they could, you know, his velocity has dropped the last couple of years, but if he he could get some couple miles an hour back out of relief, maybe that's an option. So overall, when you factor in uh, it, reducing the prospect load that has to go back in return for bets and the value he can bring to the Dodgers, I am all in favor of David Price coming over to the Dodgers. Okay, next question comes from Eddie Roy at Roy Edward 27 He asks, how will the Dodgers handle the surplus of outfielders and deep bench? A rotation of Jock Verdugo, Taylor, Pollock, Beatty, Kike. He said he knows half of them can play the infield as well. It's a nice luxury to have, but realistically, most of these guys deserve regular at-bats but won't get it. Yeah, this is a a problem, quote-unquote problem, the Dodgers have had for a while now. And, you know, it's just going to be a matter of who's... Who's hitting and who's not? We saw Kike start off as the second baseman last year and, you know, ended up losing playing time and ended up being, you know, just a spot guy toward the end, ended up picking it up a little toward the end of the season and ended up, you know, participating in the playoffs and being one of the only guys that hit in the postseason. So it's just going to be a matter of moving guys around and figuring it out. Um, You know, if they do trade for Mookie Betts, I don't imagine Jock – and Verdugo will still be here, as I've previously mentioned. Uh, you know, Taylor, you know, Beatty, we, we're not sure exactly what to make of Beatty yet. He had a good little year last year, but realistically, he probably isn't, you know, going to be a guy that, that pushes for ABs, but, you know, he might be. And Pollock is definitely going to have to fight first by. He, I don't think he has any guaranteed playing time. And, and Taylor and Kike will, will do their jobs of moving around. Um, you know, the Dodgers, Dave Roberts has always found a good balance. Obviously, some guys aren't going to like what happens sometimes when they lose some playing time. But I think at this point, Dave Roberts and the front office, they kind of know, or at least they would have a plan, you'd imagine, of what they're going to do. And they'll find a way to keep everyone somewhat happy. That's not going to be entirely possible, but that's just how it is. Uh, but, you know, days off. Justin Turner will need more days off. They want to keep him fresh from October. Corey Seager probably doesn't need as many days off, but you never know. Gavin Lux is a rookie, and you never know. He might struggle, so they might need to, to play some other guys. And, and Belly will be there pretty much every day. But center field and left field will just be probably a rotation if they don't get – I mean, left and right field will be a rotation if they don't get uh, Mookie Betts. So – They'll find a way to move it around. Sometimes injuries help that out, unfortunately. But uh, from what we've seen the recent years, the Dodgers do know how to do that, although it does suck for some of these guys who, like I said, would deserve regular playing time on most teams, but uh, just not on the Dodgers. Sam Shear at Sam underscore Shear 99 asks, who would you ideally trade for between Betts, Lindor, Arenado, and Bryant? Who fits in best with the Dodgers? I think we've talked about this in the past, but I know not everybody listens to every show, and that's okay. Uh, so if you don't mind me repeating myself a little, I don't mind repeating myself a little. Um, for me, Betts is head and shoulders above the others, uh, partly because I think he's the best player of the four. Obviously, they're all great. They are all 
you know, MVP candidates every year. Uh, I think Betts, though, is the best of the four. And maybe even more importantly, uh, or at least as importantly, uh, Betts, there, there's a, more of an opening for Betts. Uh, if the Dodgers got an infielder, it would mean shuffling things. Basically, it would mean either trading one of their current infielders or moving Gavin Lux to the outfield. Uh, and so, uh, and if you move Gavin Lux to the outfield, an outfielder gets bumped. So either way, a current outfielder is getting bumped, and so it makes the most sense to me for them to get Mookie Betts, who is an outfielder, and let Gavin Lux stay in the infield. Um, you know, obviously, if an Arenado trade was was possible, or a Lindor trade, you know, it, you make room for those guys. But uh, Betts is the best fit position-wise, and he's the best player of the four. So in my perfect world, my order would go Betts, Arenado, Lindor, Bryant, I think. But Betts is definitely at the top of the list for me. All right, last question for me is from our buddy at Brandon John 442 he asks, have we seen enough from Gavin Lux that would make us feel comfortable trading Corey Seager? And I have a feeling Jeff might have a slightly different opinion on this, but for me, it's no. Um, you know, Corey Seager got a bad rap toward the end of last year. He had a you know horrific postseason, came up with guys on base a lot, didn't come through, uh, you know, which is was weird because he followed or he preceded that by having one of the hottest Septembers uh in a long time, or at least for for Seager, so. But for me, Gavin Lux specifically, haven't seen enough of him defensively at shortstop. Obviously, the Dodgers probably have, but I personally haven't, so I don't feel comfortable. You know, he had a case of the yips last year. He got over it. He seems to be fine, but uh, I still haven't seen him play shortstop enough for me to have an opinion on him, and definitely not enough for me to be comfortable dealing Seager, and you know, hitting as well. I I personally think he's gonna have some struggles this year up and down maybe a little bit not you know cold and hot streaks Jeff feels differently as we've talked about before but um you know Corey Seager's good he's a good hitter he led the NL in doubles last year and he didn't play you know he didn't play 162 games he didn't play as many games as as the people around him so he's a good hitter still and and just the this is his first um off season in, in the last three off seasons where he is completely healthy going into it, had a completely healthy time and, and he'll enter the season completely healthy barring anything that happens in spring training. So for me personally, I have not seen enough from Gavin Lux to, to be comfortable dealing Corey Seager, but you know, if they deal Corey Seager, they're likely getting someone to play the infield or, or they're getting someone that improves the team overall to where I feel a little more comfortable about the team overall but for specifically Lux and, and Seager's case, I'm not comfortable with that. Uh, but I hope, you know, Lux proves me 100% wrong because I'd be only good for the Dodgers. Now for my non-Mookie Betts question. Austin at Austin on Standby asks, Do you think Cody Bellinger reverts back to the more open batting stance from the first couple of months of 2019, sticks with his form from the second half of 2019, or tries something entirely new? Um... I definitely don't think he'll try something entirely new because he just had a very, very good season. Uh, I'm interested, though. I don't think that his stance actually changed a ton. I mean, he made tweaks throughout the season, but I actually looked. Uh, when, when I read this question, I pulled up some video because I didn't remember it being a, a stark change. And I looked at uh, Cody's home run on opening day. 
And then I looked at it, the home run he hit against Andrew Chafin on September 1st uh, in Arizona, the one that tied the game that he hit into the pool. Uh, and uh, they the stance looks almost exactly the same to me, especially the placement of his feet is basically identical. Uh, he'd made some t- changes with his the level of his hands and the height of his bat and stuff, but I don't feel like he actually changed his his foot position that much. Um, he he would do, you know, when there was two strikes, sometimes he he'd change it a little bit, uh, but but for the most part, I feel like most of his tinkering with his batting stances happened in 2018 when he was struggling a little bit, um, and so. Yeah, ultimately, I think what Bellinger's goal will be this offseason will be to get back to where he was at the start of last season. Um, Because obviously, you know, he was at his best in March and April last year and kind of gradually got worse. He was still awesome the whole year. And so uh, I don't think there's any reason to tinker too much. Uh, But I think his goal is probably going to be to come in uh, on fire like he did last year and, and, you know, maybe sustain it a little bit longer, uh, hopefully. And, you know, obviously sustaining it into October is the big hope. Um, but it, it, it's crazy how much mental there is in hitting and uh, what a challenge that can be. But, yeah, I – so, yeah, I'm not sure what the answer to your question is, Austin, since I kind of rejected the premise. Uh, but I, I basically I think he's going to try to replicate early 2019 version of Cody Bellinger. All right, guys, that'll do it for this split – but alternating mailbag episode. Hopefully it's not too bad. I'm excited to listen to it in the morning because I am not going to have time to listen to all the Jeff's answers right now. So uh, I look forward to experiencing that along with you guys. Thank you for listening to Locked on Dodgers. Make sure to please subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts and or Apple if that's not where you already listen. Rate and review on there as well. Uh, We love ratings and reviews. Even if they're critical, we can learn from them if they're critical. And we can uh, feel great about ourselves if they're they're praising us. So please do so. Please do that. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Post about us. We had a nice tweet yesterday from Alex. uh, Sorry if I I mess up your name. Shiraki. At Shiraki Alex. He gave us a nice little shout out yesterday uh, saying that. You know, he likes listening to us, so we appreciate that. You know, we want to see more of that. If you guys enjoy the show, we please, please, please let us know. And if uh, there's anything we can improve, please, please, please let us know. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. DMs are open on all the accounts. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, if you also want to reach out to us, you can do so via text or call. At 323-863-LOCK. That's 323-863-LOCK. Or shoot us an email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you later. D. I say D-O. D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all hard. Oh, hard and all thumbs, they're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant?
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.